Hello and welcome to Telecom's Takeaway. This is the fourth podcast in our new series talking about topical telecoms issues and insights. Today, we're going to be looking at the impact of the Consumer Credit Act in the communications sector. In particular, we're going to be looking at how it's catching out a number of service providers who are unwittingly entering into regulated credit and hire agreements with their customers in relation to equipment provided by them. This is an issue that we're seeing time and time again and one which could end up being a ticking time bomb. So I'm John Fell, I'm a partner in our commercial team specialising in telecoms and technology transactions and I head up the telecoms practice at Osborne Clark. I'm joined today by Ben Player, who is an associate director in our financial institutions group and an expert in this area. Thanks very much, Ben, for for joining me. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this topic. So, so perhaps, Ben, to start with, what is the Consumer Credit Act and what's the big deal? Thanks, John. So the Consumer Credit Act is a piece of legislation from 1974, which governs the provision of credit of any amount and the hire of goods to individuals and what we call relevant recipients of credit. Individuals include not only those customers who are acting in the capacity of consumers, but it also covers individuals acting for business purposes and so covers people like sole traders. Relevant recipients of credit are often harder to spot. They are partnerships of three or fewer persons, not all of whom are bodies corporate. And it also captures unincorporated associations, which doesn't consist entirely of bodies corporate. And so the key customers that service providers need to think about and watch out for here could include things like doctor surgeries and law and accountancy practices, which are often structured as partnerships, but also customers like sports clubs who are often structured as unincorporated associations, and they are quite difficult to spot. It's fair to say then the scope is wide and often poorly understood. So moving on to the meaning of credit, that's also very wide under the consumer credit regime. But most commonly in the telecom sector, credit will be provided where a service provider allows a customer who is an individual or a relevant recipient of credit to take ownership of goods up front and pay for them over a period of time. So, for example, by monthly or quarterly installments. While this isn't credit as a cash loan, as most people would understand it, this is what's known as a financial accommodation and it does amount to the provision of regulated credit for the purposes of the consumer credit regime. And importantly, there's no minimum threshold here. So even small financial accommodations for, for example, small or cheaper pieces of equipment and kit can potentially therefore be in scope. Importantly, providing regulated credit triggers an FCA licensing requirement and lending documents need to conform with specific form and content requirements. And it also requires service providers to send prescribed form statements and notices throughout the life of the regulated agreement. In addition to uh, providing credit, hiring or, or leasing equipment to customers who are individuals or relevant recipients of credit in exchange for payment amounts to regulated hire and also triggers an FCA licensing requirement. And those agreements also similarly need to uh, conform with different prescribed form requirements and statements and notices must also be sent. There are actually a few helpful exceptions 
which uh, service providers may be able to rely on. Um, the first relates to dealing with individuals or relevant recipients of credit acting for business purposes. But in order to rely on that exemption, the amount of credit must exceed £25,000 or the amount of the higher payments must exceed £25,000 over the term. And given the fact that these types of customers tend to be smaller and lower spenders, this exemption is quite often not available. And the second exemption relates only to credit, but it allows service providers um, to provide uh, kit or equipment on credit, provided that the term of that agreement doesn't exceed 12 months and the customer must repay in 12 or fewer repayments and the service provider is not able to charge any interest or fees. Uh, and, and typically because the credit must be repaid within 12 months, this can make the exemption quite hard to fall within because monthly repayments can get, um, they could be particularly high if you have to repay within 12 months. So if I'm understanding this correctly, it's quite easy to create a regulated agreement almost by accident. Uh, and often because you're actually trying to do the customer uh, a favour or make their life easier. So what then are the consequences? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. It can be relatively easy to create regulated agreements for credit and hire without realising it. And the consequences of doing so can actually be quite serious. Firstly, it's a breach of what is known as the general prohibition um, set out in a, in a different piece of legislation called the Financial Services and Markets Act from, from 2000. And a breach of the general prohibition is a criminal offence and that carries um, up to a two year prison sentence and or an unlimited fine. And it's also worth pointing out that the FCA does have powers to pursue officers of a company if the FCA can prove that the offence has been committed with the consent or connivance of an officer or is attributable to their negligence. And secondly, all regulated agreements entered into in breach of the general prohibition are unenforceable against the customer. And uh, this is really the commercial sanction. And in these circumstances, the customer is entitled to recover any money paid under the agreement and compensation for any loss sustained by them as a result of having parted company uh, with the money. So the consequences uh, can be quite severe. So, so that's interesting. It's not just a contractual issue where you may have to pay compensation, but it's actually a criminal offence. That's pretty tough. Um, are there any easy ways or steps that a service provider could take to make sure they don't get it wrong? Yeah, the, there are a couple. The, the first thing to do is ensure that you've got effective processes in place which allow the service provider and its sales force and account managers to identify potentially regulated customers and explain to your sales force and account managers why this is important. If they understand why it's important, they're more likely um, to follow the rules and playbook that you give them. And you need to do this before doing any business with potentially regulated customers. And this really serves two purposes. Firstly, it ensures that a service provider which doesn't have the relevant FCA license can decline to do business with potentially regulated customers and avoid committing a criminal offence and also similarly avoid having any unenforceable agreements on its books or balance sheet. Secondly, it allows a service provider which does have the correct FCA licence or permission to ensure that it enters into contracts for credit or hire um, which meet all of the prescribed form and content requirements and also 
that those customers are properly set up on the system to receive the prescribed form notices and statements at the relevant intervals as required by the consumer credit regime and whether a service provider does this itself or outsources to a loan management system or platform will depend almost entirely on whether or not it's got its own internal capability and resources to do that. The other thing that a service provider can do is think very carefully about how it wants to provide the equipment. So, for example, to avoid providing credit at all, a service provider could, for example, require the customer to purchase the equipment in full upfront or could require the customer to make repayments for the equipment um, over 12 months in 12 or fewer repayments and not charge any interest or fees for that and therefore position itself within the relevant exemption I spoke about earlier. For hire, um, the service provider could think about hiring the kit or the equipment for free, which therefore shouldn't be an agreement for hire. But service providers need to think very carefully about how they are able to demonstrate that the hire is actually free and that they don't, for example, charge customers who take kit on what's described as free hire more for other services to make up for the fact that the hire is being advertised or described as free. That's brilliant. Um, thanks, Ben, for, for joining me and thanks for a very interesting discussion on this area. Um, I think I have three takeaways. Um, they are first, you need to know your customer base. Make sure that you've identified who is a consumer and who is a small business. Second, I think you need to think about how you provide your customer with equipment. Do you actually want it back? Can you absorb the cost or do you want to charge up front? And then finally, you need to consider carefully whether you actually need to apply for a CCA license. So there we have it. Um, if you're interested in discussing any of these issues, please do get in touch. And on that note, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next month. Thanks.